Satya, the second yama of the eight limbs of yoga. Satya, truthfulness, which goes hand in hand with ahimsa, non-harming. The old adage, there are three sides to the truth, holds true. My truth, your truth, the truth. An Ashtanga yogi is a practitioner in seeking truth. Stepping upon one's mat during an Ashtanga yoga series, one is able to connect the mind, body, and soul one breath per pose. Putting our body into a meditative state which allows the release of the past, the release of seeking for the future, which allows openness, a meditative state, a moving meditation that allows the practitioner to have an open mind, body, and soul where the truth, the higher truth, is shown. When one practices a shtanga enough, their desire to connect to their higher power, source, divinity, or God, whatever you want to call it, is revealed more and more with each practice. One silences all the mind chatter. One silences fear. One silences anxiety. One is living in the now. One is finding truth that they are seeking. When stepping off the mat with our yoga practices completed, Anastangi's goal should be to take their practice with them into the external world. Continuing to cease your truth, cease my truth, but only utilize the truth. Act in such a way that you are being divinely driven, guided, purposed. Act in such a way that you are non-harming, non-judging, non-confrontational. You are truly a light. You are truly compassionate. You are truly able to be a living representation of the truth. I challenge you to begin your Ashtanga practice with an open heart, mind, body, and soul. I challenge you to find the benefits of an Ashtanga practice, to finding satya, the truth, the truth within, but then letting the truth shine. Namaste. The eight limbs of yoga, isteya, non-stealing. What is stealing to you? How do you define it? Is it purely something in the outward world, taking a physical object that does not belong to you? For example, as a child, I stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Or as a child, I stole my sibling's toy. As an adult, the clerk gave my change back wrong. I kept it, therefore I stole it from the business. What does stealing mean to you? What if you wouldn't get caught? Would you still steal? Is it okay? Is it not? These are the worldly perceptions about stealing. However, a yogi, when they step on their mat and cultivate their practice and truly discern 
and add into their practice the eight limbs of yoga, when one is practicing asteya, one realizes why they are called to steal to begin with. What happens when you're in a full yoga studio, full of other yogis around you, and you're finding it difficult to be in the moment, to be in the now? What happens when your eyes are flooding around the room and you're coveting the person next to you, their pose, their yoga pants, their shirt, their mat? What are you doing to your practice? You are stealing. You are stealing the time that you are dedicating to your practice to go deeper within, to find your purpose, to find its meaning, to develop and cultivate all of the aspects of a yoga practice, mind, body, and soul. Where does this need to steal come from? You're uncomfortable. You're nervous. You don't feel like you belong in class. So therefore then, to get your mind off of you, you look at your neighbor. You begin to covet. You begin to steal. You begin to do anything but stay in the now and honor your body and honor your practice. When you're on a mat and you're in a difficult pose, connect back to your breath. Connect back to your why, to your intention that you set at the beginning of your practice. Connect back to your purpose, your passion, and just be. Be in the moment. Honor your body. Work hard. But don't be lazy and don't be too hard. Honor your practice. Honor you. And therefore then, you will be back into balance with your mind, body, and soul and the need for distractive behavior of stealing and coveting your neighbor's practice will slowly diminish. You will then get the benefit of more self-confidence, a stronger practice, and you will then see that the times of negative self-worth and negative self-talk will soon disappear. And therefore then, Asteya will be taking its full effect. There will be no more need to steal. You do not need to fill an empty void with a useless thought or object or possession. You instead will be turning inward. You will be using all the benefits of all the eight limbs of yoga and your practice will be fortified. And you will find strength. You will find your voice. You will find passion. You will find equanimity. You will find balance. I challenge you to step on your mat, be in the moment, breathe, honor your body, honor your soul. Don't be lazy. Just be in the moment. I challenge you. Go deep. Your practice will benefit so much more than you could ever imagine. Namaste. The fourth Yama, Brahmachari. During Patanjali's time, and the Yoga Sutras, this was written for the yogis practice to go within, to take the yogi's mind off the external world. During the Yoga Sutras, it was intended to be or referred to be in regards to celibacy. However, a modern day yogi, 
This term may not apply in that fashion. The modern day yogi from practicing in self-study and stepping onto the mat can apply brahmachari to their life in the form of non-excessiveness, non-compulsiveness, non-ego-driven ways, means, or choices which divert the true meaning of the practice to find thyself, to find the call within, to find the connection to divinity. Celibacy does not have to be a physical act. Celibacy could be applied to non-spending, overspending. In our modern day society, we fill our needs constantly with shopping, partying, dancing. All are not bad, but when done in extreme, it creates rift or strife. We may choose to fill our void with food, with alcohol, with poor choices. There again, in limitation, in small amounts, they are good, they are fun, they are enjoyable. However, when one is out of balance and one is living these choices in far extremes and not practicing brahmachari, one's obsessions, one's extreme highs or extreme lows tend to take over and one is not living in balance. One is then cannot connected to their practice and one is not open to receive the message of spirit, God, or divinity. It is only when you step on the mat with a clear mind, heart, soul, and intention that you can begin to explore, where, where am I feeling empty? What is this emptiness? Why am I compelled to shop, overeat, overdrink, oversleep, overwork, overconsume? Why, 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 why is that void there? When one begins to practice non-excessiveness or celibacy, one is able to reflect upon the void that they are feeling. One is able to dig down deep within their soul and one then is able to, with intention, step on their mat, be in the moment, practice asana, practice breathing, practice meditation, practice all of the eight limbs of yoga, and one is able to cultivate a single-pointed focus, a focus which will reveal the why to the void. And then the yogi can fill that void with smarter, more healthful choices which are divinely driven and intended for one's ascension. Brahmachari is so much more than celibacy. I invite you to continue your study on Brahmachari in, figure, in finding the why. Namaste.